0: Totally Lit, the podcast celebrating reading, writing and creating literature. I'm your host Kai. Thank you for listening. Hi everyone. I'm going to apologise in advance because there is very heavy rain in Brisbane tonight so um, we may not be able to edit that out. My guest this episode is the delightful Jen Horn. Jennifer Horn is a Brisbane-based freelance illustrator and budding children's writer. She has illustrated the e-picture books for children's feature film The Wishmas Tree on KinderGo, the reading app for children. She has illustrated the cover of Anthology, Angels Children's Fundraising Anthology Once Upon a Whoops, Fractured Fairy Tales and Ridiculous Rhymes. Her short stories have appeared in each of the Anthology's Angels annual publications since 2018. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, spooktacular stories and tell them they're dreaming. Her first young adult short story, "Faulty Connection, was published in Reese's Edge dystopian and sci-fi anthology Cross Spaces earlier this year. She was awarded a highly commended for her submission of middle grade illustrations at the 2020 C-Year Conference. She is a current member of Squibby, Asa and Right With a background in architecture, Jen draws on her love of stories and adventure to create whimsical illustrations in a Quentin Blake-inspired squiggle style. She enjoys reading books, over local community station, reading radio and playing keys, including the piano accordion. She has also been a part of the art department teams on several Brisbane-based films, including Romance on the Menu on Netflix and The Umbrella on Amazon Prime. Hi, Jen. Welcome to Totally Lit. Hi, Kai. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to hear that you have recently just launched a
1: new children's book, The Precious Plum. Uh, Can you tell me more about it? Yeah, sure. So this story, I've actually had um, started writing it, uh, sounds so ridiculous, 10 years ago. Um, So it's been marinating for a very long time. Um, And it was only in the last few years where I started meeting the right tribe Mm -hmm. um, that actually the doorways of, oh, this could actually the uh, book in the world um, started to open. Um, So, yeah, that's been very exciting. And it's a fairy tale, is that right? It is, yeah. Yeah, it's a a whimsical fairy tale um, with a lot of different influences of what I've read and liked and, and wanted to kind of emulate a bit as well. And this is a bit of a special book in that you've
0: written the book, you've illustrated the book, You've published the book through your own imprint. Yeah. Through Crooked House Press. Um, Uh So how did you enjoy that process?
1: Well, actually, I was quite daunted at the start and I was like, is this actually an avenue that I can do? Um, But thankfully, I had some really great fellow writers or creators in general around me and just kind of hearing their stories and kind of being... I guess all of us being in each other's creative journey lives really helped. Yeah. Um, I guess that's the power of like finding your tribe. And um, so, yeah, I think that, that really helped give me the belief that um, as long as you believe in your own story, the rest of it can be learned. Like, you can learn how to create your own imprint, you can learn how to um, go down the self publishing route and do learn about layout and trim sizes and distribution and all that kind of stuff that just sounds such like an impossible mountain at Mm. the start. Mm.
0: And did you enjoy having your own creative control over the process as well?
1: I did, yes, because at first when the story kind of came out, I wasn't really looking at an illustrator career seriously and so I didn't really mind at that point whether it would be like I was just like as long as it gets accepted I don't you know and as long as it looks nice I don't mind but then over the years as I started to kind of I guess gravitate back to a love of drawing and yeah I I just realized that oh actually I don't want to hand over the illustration reins to anyone else because it's it's too part and parcel with the with the story now Hmm. so that was really good having the creative control to make that happen.
0: And you've been delivering your book launches in a, a really unique way as well. So you've been incorporating your friends and your and music. Um, it's been, yeah, I haven't been able to attend. I've um, been a little bit busy with my day job, which is killing my life at the moment. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed seeing you like incorporating all those parts of your life into the launch.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was great fun. And um, I just I'm so grateful to my musicians who have been able to come on board and and just make it, you know, just make it become magical and and just bring in kind of like a like a whole like a a world building of it in not just a visual sense. Mm. Yeah, because I had the fortune I had the privilege of um being part of a little soundscape band similar in a book launch years ago and since then i was like oh, i definitely want to do this with my book launch
0: <laughs> now can you tell me a bit about the radio show that you uh, present on reading radio
1: oh sure so there's actually two that i do one of them is um co-hosted with another lady, we do book reviews, so we kind of take it in turns to uh, whether it's through the newspapers or, for me personally, just whatever I'm reading or have read and want to want to share out in the world. Um, and then the other one is called the Calvino Shelf, and that's where my fiance and I have a selection of Italian folk tales that are read out, and then he provides this wonderful guitar accompaniment again as like an audio. Um, world building I suppose
0: and where can people tune into that if they'd like to listen
1: they can find that on reading radio so it's a local community station and we've got our program on every Tuesday night I believe it's either six something or seven something I'd have to check I haven't looked for a while Um, but yeah every Tuesday night but we've only got a few left because then the, um, the six month thing ticks over And um, we're going to take a little break and stock up on our episodes again.
0: Awesome. And you might be a bit busy with book-related stuff for a little while
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the distribution side and everything like that, yep.
0: And you've worked on a a few films as well in an artistic capacity. Um, Did you want to tell me a little bit about
1: that process? Yeah, sure. So in the kind of, I guess career exploring kind of years i was really drawn to production design um starting off studying architecture and just finding it too grounded in the real world i was just like okay what's something more storytelling than that so yeah production design was really calling me and so just a few years ago i um did just a weekend course at afters in sydney and happened to meet a woman who was going to be directing a local film here and so I was so lucky to get into just do a bit of an, an internship in the art department for that and that kind of involved creating like big signs that were being shown in some of the, the scenes and um, fake nappy box props and um, and then that led to one that we've just I don't know how much I can say about it but it will be out for Christmas oh um, exciting and yeah and it's on Stan But, yeah, it's going to be a nice local rom-com. So, yeah, once you kind of get to know people in that industry, Mm. it's really good because then they can kind of see um, where you can fit in their team.
0: So I was checking out your website today. So you've worked as an architect
1: Uh, just or trained
0: as an architect?
1: Yeah, I trained as an architect and then I worked just a year out, like the kind of between the Bachelor and the Master's, um, yeah, and kind of just cemented, mm, don't really want to uh, give my whole life over to this.
0: And you're now an author and an illustrator. You're a musician. You've worked in film. What's next for Jen Horne?
1: Ooh. Um I guess spending time with the next story and stories. And maybe, yeah, I, I like the idea of a little touch of theatrical and and, and theatre elements to literature and stories. So I guess we'll see, yeah, what kind of mix comes with that. It's, it's fun to have a few ingredients in the cauldron.
0: <laughs> I'm always in awe of people that have um, more arrows in their quiver, if you... Know what I mean? I like I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit of all. All I can do is write, so I can't draw, I can't sing or play music or dance. Um, my boys say I look like a hobbit when I dance. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm always like, um, always feeling um, glad for the talent that I have. But I'm always yes. sort of like, wow, there's people out there that have got so many talents. It's it's amazing. <laughs>
1: But I guess it's just human nature, yeah, to see like where our gaps are and where where we uh, where we don't think we're strong in. Because like even years ago, I was like, no way, can I get on social media and you know do this whole sharing my art and the uh, self promotion and 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 actually like just kind of opening up. I suppose like that once upon a time felt so daunting. It is um, terrifying. And I I just, yeah, and I see other people do it, and it just seems so natural to them. I'd be like, oh, man, what's that ingredient that, that they have that seems to make it so so uh, seamless? But, yeah, I guess that's just human nature.
0: Mm. It is It is a challenge, I think, to because um, a lot of artistic people are generally a bit introverted, and yeah, so yeah. being to push yourself out there and... Um, go, hey, look at me, when you sort of, yeah. I, I don't know about everybody, but I was sort of brought up to be humble, I'm like, mm. oh, this kind of yep. goes against um, what I'm, what I've yeah. been brought up to do, but, you know, I'm not going to sell anything if I don't tell anyone
1: mm. that I exist, you know. That's right, yeah, and then there's kind of that other, I guess it's like that balance between, like, sharing whatever gift you've, I guess, whatever gift you have and whatever gift you choose to nurture. Mm. And as long, yeah, kind of in a making. I don't know, making the world richer in some way. Like we all have different gifts, and if we can, if we can do that, rather than kind of hide it away, and mm. you know, it's still within us, but it's like circling round and round, so it, it doesn't go anywhere.
0: Yeah. Mm. And so, have you got any other books in the works that you're, or stories that you're planning?
1: Uh, I do have a next uh, picture book style one mm. it's um it'll be in a different world to the precious plum um, but still still a, a whimsical touch for sure
0: mm. and i was checking out all your illustrations they're so just beautiful on your website just oh thank stunning. you
1: <laughs> and you make jewelry as well oh i think i went to a workshop where you could make it was like a library workshop where you oh, could okay. make jewelry out of nature but i was selling i was doing fundraising selling fundraising jewelry that might have been what it was as oh, well. oh okay yeah. I was
0: um, going deep into the website.
1: Going, wow. To learn
0: every, everything about Jen before we have a chat.
1: Wow, you're a good researcher.
0: Well, though, you're currently my favourite guest because you were listening to my podcast this afternoon.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, that's somebody's right.
0: Somebody's listening.
1: Uh-huh, it was like the, the um, most recent, yeah, one of my most recent things I did today. So now, yep, i listened to all of them. Like, oh, this is so cool. Oh, thank so, yeah, you. nice work, Kai.
0: So now um, I'm going to move on. We do a little quick-fire segment with some fun questions um, just okay. so people can get to know you. Mm-hmm. What was your favourite book growing up?
1: Um, well, the first one that springs to mind was one that I actually discovered when I was in it was like lower primary school and then I f- couldn't find the, the title or the um, – I couldn't find it for years and years after, but it's called Yikes by Alison Lester and it's a picture book where it's kind of it's almost like a stage like a an unfolding i don't know how to describe it um so it kind of sets the scene and there's some kind of uh misadventure happening like a uh, a storm on the like the ships in the storm um and it's kind of you've got to you've got to guess if you when you turn the page you guess what the fates or like what's going to happen to each of the characters on the page That's, yeah, that's and so she does that for about oh, it's like five or six different scenes, and it's like it's so, and then you have to kind of guess who's going to get through each scenario or something like that. And I just got such a kick out of it as a kid. I'm so happy to have rediscovered it. <laughs> so that's the one that comes to mind. <laughs> um,
0: and if you could be any book character, who would it be?
1: Oh, that's easy. Peter Pan. Oh, he didn't have choice. to grow. Up. Mm, he didn't have to grow up. He had creative play, down pat. He got to fight pirates. He got to fly. And I just, for ages, I wished that there was, like, a girl character like him because they always, yeah, but then uh, thank goodness for Pippi Longstocking because it's kind of that, like, chaotic, playful, you know, out of, it's almost like outside of themselves. Like, they don't even kind of, yeah, kind of see themselves as the main character or something. They're just so wound up in their own imagination. I just really like that.
0: And adulting is hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's why I didn't want to walk into it for so long, but I think yeah, I'm coming to peace with it now, <laughs> especially in this career. Well, you know, if you're a
0: published author, that's pretty yeah, adult. It's a grown-up thing.
1: <laughs> I guess so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Although um, sometimes I think no matter how old you are, you never feel like you're actually grown up. Mm. Yeah,
1: that's right. You're still that little kid.
0: And so what are you reading right now? Have you got anything on your bedside table?
1: Oh, um, well, I've recently finished um, the second... Oh, I've got so many. Um, I recently finished the second Nevermore, which was fun. Mm, yeah. And I'm looking forward to starting um, the best bookshop in the world. Oh, um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, oh, good, good, cool. Um, I've also... Um, do you know what I go between it's such a pendulum because I go between like fantasy adventure stuff and then non-fiction entrepreneurialism and and business Mm. kind of books so I've also just finished one called the war of art Mm. which is all about um any kind of self-sabotage forces that you know no matter what kind of form they come in this writer is kind of umbrellaing them as the resistance and so it's all about to be you know, to do your art, you've got to overcome the resistance, yes. however that looks. Mm. Yeah, so that's been a good kind of mindset read.
2: Mm. Mm. Because
0: it is really difficult to make room in your life for art. Like, your time can get sucked up so quickly by work and family and just paying the bills. Mm. Um, and then if you're really passionate and want to make art a priority you've got to work hard to protect the time
1: yeah and energy yes yeah
0: yeah um that's i find that difficult to yeah switch off from one thing and then be energetic for the next thing i'm like Mm. oh it's been a massive week can i be creative and Mm. yeah sometimes it just hits like lightning and other times i've got to work
1: really hard to
0: make it yeah happen.
1: sometimes it yeah sometimes it gives back to you and you're like oh yes I can I can feel the the um the work happening and sometimes it's like I'm just I'm just sitting here <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then also sometimes it's like when we have that time there's so many it's like oh but I've got to do this really unimportant thing right now you know that kind of oh, what's it called procrastination mm. like mm. yeah we've got the opportunity but it's like we're kind of too too afraid to take it sometimes.
0: Mm. And it's yeah. sometimes not like a tap where you mm. turn on on and off creativity. Yeah. Um, I did come up with a new idea last night, and I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Why have I not thought of that before? Um, yeah. And it was while I was in the bath, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay, new, new picture book story. Let's see if I can get this out onto
1: paper. Wait, now. Yeah, capture it. Write it down.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so if you could invite five literary people to dinner, who would they be?
1: Ooh, um, guess I remember you asking this to everybody. Um, I would say Neil Gaiman mm-hmm. for sure, and I'm really, I'm really hoping that there's still a chance for that <laughs> in life. Um, Diana Wynne Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Seuss, I think. Oh, okay. I know that I've, I've read that apparently he was, he was kind of afraid of people thinking he was boring in real life, but I would still really like to see the person who created all that wonderful wacky stuff. Beatrix Potter, I think I'd really like to, um, yeah, just in her kind of her style and the, the way that she, I guess, tied like the, the charm of her work. Mm. I think I'd like to, yeah, kind of pick her brain a bit over that. Um, and I think maybe the Brothers Grimm as well. Like, I know that's two people, but I think that'd be that's quite... Right, I, I know that they, <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't invent their stories, but I think it'd just be interesting to, yeah, get as close to the original folk and fairy tales as mm. possible. Yeah. We were
0: actually talking about fairy tales at at my house this afternoon with a oh, cool. few people and talking about the how there was always that message or warning to mm. <laughs> and how that mm. um children's stories today are not that way
1: no um, that's right there's a yeah, big shift
0: <laughs> and i guess yeah, the, the reason why stories exist now compared to what why they existed then? Um, mm, so
1: that
2: yeah. was
0: a bit, just a chat around the house this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, because it used
1: to be such a like teaching and and moral um, vehicle. And and so such it's...
0: violent endings at times.
1: Yeah, well. yeah, that's right. <laughs> so. um,
0: does um, the precious plum have an element of that as a fairy tale?
1: Or oh, the violent endings? Yeah. <laughs> um, not actually. Well. Not to any people, but um, not all built environments come out unscathed. That's all. That's all I'll say. <laughs> There's always a little bit of sacrifice. Um, yeah, that has to come with, I guess, like a change. Yes. So, yeah, that's how that one's. That's what the sacrifice has been, yep.
0: I have to jump online and buy the book so I can read it now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and wonder what on earth I'm talking about. <laughs>
0: Apologies in advance that I haven't had a chance to read it before our, our chat today. And I was all set to come to a launch and just everything went out the window.
1: <laughs> um, that's okay. We've still got the live one. I think there's still a recording of the live one up. Or if you wanted, if you feel like driving to Toowoomba oh, on the weekend.
0: I did see that one. I'm like, Hmm, have I got the energy to go to Toowoomba? <laughs> is that because you're from Toowoomba, Jen?
1: Yeah, yes, I grew up in Toowoomba. Ah. So this is, yeah, I'm, I'm taking it back to to the roots and, um, yeah, just letting a lot of family who haven't been able to to make it to these other ones um, yeah. see this in person. Yeah.
0: That'll be fun. It'll be good to go home and go, look what I've done as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's scary how much hometowns can change when you haven't lived there for half your life.
0: True, true. I've moved around, around all of Australia, so I don't really
2: oh, wow.
0: have a hometown. Um, I was born in Warragul in Victoria, but we only lived there three years. So I've oh, moved okay. and moved and moved. So I probably count Townsville as my hometown because that was my most formative years were growing up there. Um, okay. But I've lived in Victoria. I've lived in Sydney. Now I'm in Brisbane. Lived in Townsville, so I been wow. around. So I couldn't even go back home to show anyone. <laughs> oh, well, you could
1: you could do a little bit in each of those maybe, <laughs> and call it all. You could call the whole thing the going home tour. <laughs> uh, I
0: think I kind of just call Brisbane home now. This feels nice here. My husband, mm-hmm. I met my husband here, and my kids like it here. So I think. Oh, Brisbane nice. is home, and my riding community is here, so... Yeah, we'd like
1: um, you to stay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, okay, so I think that's everything. Unless you've got something else you want to share with me, Jen, I
1: think that's... Mm. Gosh, not that I can think of. <laughs> <sighs> Um, This is my first podcast interview. That's what I'd like to share. So thank you so much for the honour of that, Kai.
0: (laughs) No problem. Um, It's been wonderful to have you on and to get a little, to know you a little bit better. And um, I've bumped into you around the traps at at other book launches. So it's been, Mm -hmm. hopefully we'll see you again soon.
1: Yeah, definitely, I think.
0: (laughs) The question is who's, yeah. Yeah, who's
1: who's next? It is fun. It's like, it's like a, a family. And be like, oh, what's what's this person working on?
0: Yeah, I really love to go and support yeah. everybody as well because you know everybody's mm. working hard and to see them achieving, it's like, oh yes, yeah. let's go cheer them on. So, yeah, that's right.
1: Because we know like what yeah what's involved in it and the I guess it's the mix of like the perseverance and the vulnerability.
0: Yes, yeah, I feel um, yeah. and just yeah, unleashing that creativity like the. Each story is so different, and it's amazing what people come up with. Yeah, uh, I'm like oh, I wish I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you have stories that only you can tell.
0: That's true. That's yeah, true.
1: that's right. So yeah, I look forward to what those will be and what the, what they come out as. Because sometimes you don't know what form they're going to come out as.
0: That's true. Yeah, the, yeah. the stories I've written um, haven't been what I thought I would be writing as a writer like when I mm-hmm. was young going, oh I'm gonna be this type of writer and then yeah, the stories just come out
1: differently. Yep. Like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like no, but I want to direct them this way, but they just they're very stubborn. Mm-hmm. I mean I guess yeah, stories I think it's a good sign that like when stories kind of have a, a bit of a life of their own. Well, I'm a bit of a. I'm not
0: not much of a planner in my writing. I sit down and I write, and so wherever my brain takes me is where the story goes. But I think um, other authors are able to plan exactly
1: how they want it. Right. To go. Yeah. yeah. I so. think I'm a gush. <laughs> like I don't plan, but I don't kind of. I don't know. It just kind of, like, comes out, and then there's, like, nothing, 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 and then it just comes out.
0: (laughs) Mm. Oh, I thought of a question, which I haven't written in my script for you, Jen. Oh, yeah. Um, Will your imprint be open to publishing other people's works?
1: (laughs) Actually, you're the second person to ask me that. Um, I haven't – I'll say no for now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I don't think – I mean, maybe in future, but, yeah, I feel like, yeah, publishing yourself – is the first step and then it's like one whole big extras extra i don't know mileage um starting to to open it publicly Mm. yeah Mm. so i don't know
0: who knows what the future (laughs) holds
1: yeah that's right
0: (laughs) awesome well thank you so much for joining me today jen thank you kai
2: Writing stories for children can seem like a very simple task, but there is a skill involved in bringing memorable characters and their worlds to life. Anyone can write a picture book, but not everyone can write a picture book that becomes a child's favourite bedtime story. The best children's picture books fire up their imaginations, evoke emotion and stay within their memories forever. Authors Online was created to provide aspiring authors the knowledge, skills, and resources they need to become a published children's book author. Our extensive industry knowledge will be shared with you and provide you with the basic principles behind writing for children, picture book publishing guidelines, and updates on the current market and publishing environment. And as a special offer for Totally Lit listeners, if you go to authorsonline.com.au, you can apply the discount code of LIT20. That's lit two zero. To access discount content at authorsonline.com.au.
0: Now, oh, isn't Jen delightful? I always enjoy chatting with her. I was amazed at how many things she's able to do. <laughs> Now I've got more surprises for you in the podcast um, I've also got Amy from Foreverability here Foreverability Empowering Tales is a organisation that has been created by children's author and disability advocate Tabitha Page They aim to make it easy to find books, podcasts and more which focus on disability illness and other specialised subjects They hope to inspire, empower, teach and support All the work that is done on the ForeverAbility website has been done voluntarily and it's free to use, so hopefully it can help people connect to uh, disability books. Um, I have Amy here on behalf of Tabitha to talk about the ForeverAbility Book Awards. Amy Marley, welcome to Totally Lit.
3: Thanks, Kylie. Really nice to be here.
0: I'm very excited to hear about ForeverAbility, which is the project that you're working on with your friend Tabitha. Can you tell me more about it?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, So
0: I I met
3: Tabitha just on a random call about something completely different and and at the end of the call she said, I've got this idea, are you interested? Within that week um, she had organised a logo, a website, and it's all to support and amplify Um, voices around um, illness, disability, inclusion um, and empowering those people living with those conditions.
0: It's something that's really close to my heart as I have two sons on the spectrum so their diagnosis is Asperger's and ADHD and I've been advocating for them for a long time Um, and I'm really passionate about giving people a voice and that sounds like what you guys are, are trying to do and you've also got... Your book awards that um, you've put together um, and that's to promote and um, I guess support those authors out there that either have a disability themselves or they're writing about disability. Did you want to tell me more about the awards?
3: Yeah for sure and exactly what you said it's all about empowering those people that are advocating for those living with the conditions and I just had that feeling myself. Um, you do these sorts of books to help others and you don't always consider yourself uh, putting yourself forward to get applause and appreciation for all the hard work and the emotional roller coaster you put yourself through getting these stories out into the world. So this space and these awards, like um, we hope that that gives them the opportunity to do that and put their voices forward more. And Prizes for it as well. Some awesome
0: prizes. I was excited to see all of the people that have um, put prizes forward. There's um, lots of great things to win. There's online courses and there's um, some software packages. What else is there? There's, a lot.
3: there's Yeah, there's, there's a ticket to the Kid Lit Vic and um, there's book funnel processes, a year's subscription to the Duck Pond. The list goes on. There's actually a special podcast appearance on something called Totally Lit as well.
0: Yeah, that's an awesome <laughs> prize. You can have your you can come on Totally Lit and be interviewed, and we can promote your work and get lots of um, subscribers listening to what your work is, and hopefully get some sales.
3: <laughs> exactly. Yes, and thank you for that, Kylie. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but that's all on Tabitha's back. She works so hard and. She reached far and wide for prizes. I think she even went all the way to an author that wrote something called Harry Potter.
0: Oh my and goodness.
3: She did get a reply and it was a nice reply, um, but it was a no. Oh, that was actually uh... to be a judge. But yes, she worked really hard to get all the judges and um, prizes on board.
0: Oh, she sounds so gutsy. She,
3: she is. She's amazing. She's not scared. I was just like, can you do that? And she's like, yeah. You can you can ask anyone, <laughs> so, and she did.
0: And now the the conditions of entry are: it needs to be a published manuscript. Is that right?
3: That's correct. So it needs to be able to be purchased, um, and and written and published within Australia or New Zealand.
0: And it needs to either be on disability or own voice or written by somebody who has a disability. Is that correct?
3: That's correct.
0: Okay, and um, entries are open at the moment. When do they close? Yes,
3: yeah, so they're open until the 1st of December. So only a few more days left there to get in. But, um, we, yeah, we have to be strict on those dates just because all our lovely judges have very full schedules. So 1st of December.
0: And when are entries are judged and announced? We have an estimated
3: date to be announced in April.
0: And there's heaps. There's a list of the prizes on the website. And you've also developed, I saw saw like a a special sticker that people can put on their books if they're part of the award.
3: Yes, yes. Um, We won't reveal what that looks like, but it's a beautiful uh, sticker to put on the books as well.
0: Oh, great. So authors can then have that on their book if they've got it in the shop so people can see that they're a winner.
3: Exactly, yep. Tabitha sourced a very clever um, graphic designer to do that.
0: Amazing. So that'll look pretty special on the front of her
3: book. Exactly. I'm pretty impressed. I wish I could enter or had something to enter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and are you able to tell me a little bit about yourself and Tabitha?
3: Yeah, sure. So going back to earlier when I said we met during a phone call, that was me seeking some feedback on an allergy series I'm working on Both my girls have allergies and are prone to anaphylactic reactions and someone I met on the feedback trail suggested I reach out to Tabitha and she kindly spent an hour talking to me and it was on a good day for her because she can't always hear things on a phone call so usually we type to each other.
0: And that's why she's not with us tonight as well. Exactly,
3: yeah. Um, She sends her thoughts and love though (laughs) she sent me a very nice I'm um, encouraging you've got this message just before I popped up
0: <laughs> excellent I have to send her a message so that she knows that we're doing a shout out on the podcast for her even if she's not able to hear it at the time
3: <laughs> she'll love it
0: <laughs> and um, she's got quite a number of books out is that right she
3: does she does and one that's just been recently um, released called Anton and Fluff to advocate for people with um, sight and
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, Yep, and she also has one around diabetes and you know what, I've gone blank because she has about six or others out there as well.
0: Wow, it sounds like she's a determined lady.
3: She really is. She does, 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 does and then she's like, I need a rest and I'm like, I can understand why you need a rest.
0: <laughs> so she falls into the category of um, an author that has a disability, is that correct?
3: That's correct. She actually has a few things going on there but... Um, so she lives with lupus um, and also with her hearing issues as well.
0: And it's great that she wants to um, advocate for other people as well as herself. Like, I always love to support people who are going out of their way to be an advocate for their whole community. Okay? It's um, an admirable thing to do.
3: I agree very much. So, yeah, she's gold. Love her. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only, I've only known her since June. And um, she's yeah, already gathered all these people around her because of who she is. So it's
0: amazing. She's got a great list of judges judging the book awards. So she's got some really... Um reached out and made some great contacts so um yes. it is very exciting um so everybody if you'd like to include your book in the awards uh it closes the 1st of December um and the website address is www.foreverability.org.au so you can go check the uh due date and the guidelines and get your book in you might be able to get a very special sticker to put on the front of your book okay thank you Amy thanks
3: bye look forward to reading all your entries thank you
0: Oh, that was a great chat with Amy. If you want to check out whether you'd like to submit your published book to the Foreverability Book Awards, go check out www.forofability.org um, to check out the guidelines. I think I might have put a .au when I was mentioning it before. It's definitely just .org. And I've got even more exciting things for you. I also have a book review for you this uh, episode. Two Houses by Frieda Parks. Now, I'm going to apologise in advance because Inda always does amazing book reviews for me but she um, is a little bit busy at the moment with her little boys and uh, her writing career which is taking off. So um, I'm going to do uh, this book review. It's Two Houses by Frida Parks and it's um, a lovely little book about a girl that is struggling with the fact that she has two houses and that she has to spend time at both because her parents are separated. She loves spending time with her mum and her dad but finds the handover difficult. Her mum lovingly explains that all families are different and that it doesn't matter what their families look like as long as they are filled with love. I just love that message. I wish I'd had a book like that when uh, my boys were little because we had a broken family and my boys would go one weekend to their dads and one weekend back with me and it was a bit of to and froing. And so having a book like this that um, sort of explains to kids that they've got two houses but their mum and dad still love them very much and it's just a different kind of uh, relationship so I really loved that message that both homes are filled with love Um, so if you'd like to check out Frida's book. Um, it's been illustrated by Mathini Watsala, um, and it's such um, the illustrations are so sweet. They're little bunny rabbits, which just is the cutest. So check that out. If you Google Frida Parks or Two Houses, you'll be able to purchase the book. And just when you thought I couldn't fit any more into this episode, I have a little Christmas present for you. The wonderful Leanne Lim has given us a discount code for her manuscript assessments. Use the code TOTALLYLIT to get 15% off. Now that's... um going to be the last podcast for the year we're we're probably breathing a sigh of relief that we're getting close to christmas and the new year it's been a long year for us here at totally I, i hope that the year has been uh great for all of the listeners out there and we will see you in the new year thank you